Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of RealCom Live. Got an exciting topic, um, kind of new to, not new to the landscape, but maybe the last 12, 18 months. About five years ago, RealCom, we took the initiative to uh, announce uh, some new mega trends that were starting to make their way into not just our world, but the general tech world. That was artificial intelligence, immersive, augmented, uh, AI, uh, autonomous vehicles. But what we did not bring up back then was this thing called the metaverse. And it's really uh, probably about 12, 18 months old, as far as mainstream goes, where we started here, but I'm sure they've been working in the labs um, much before that. But over the last six to nine months, it's getting a lot of publicity, a lot of hype. And we're already seeing the real estate industry being pulled into it. All you gotta do is go up to Google and type metaverse real estate. I was actually gonna have a screen cap of it, but it, the list just went on and on and on. So we felt it was time to start digging into this topic of the metaverse as it relates to the built environment. And I will just start out with saying, um, if you've ever seen uh, the uh, innovation curve or the adoption curve, I should say, um, you'll know that new tech goes through a number of phases. Uh, innovator, early adopter, um, the curve goes straight up. Uh, we'll call it the early majority, late majority, and then the lagger. We are definitely in the early stages of this. We're probably gonna have multiple, multiple Wilcom Live episodes on this. We're gonna have webinars on this. We're gonna bring it to the conference. Uh, so this is conversation one uh, with the metaverse uh, as it relates to the real estate industry. And we've got a great guest today. Uh, let's bring on Kunal Lunavat. Uh, as you hear uh, Kunal's story, you're gonna hear that he, uh, he's he got very deep credentials and uh, has got experience in uh, uh, other areas other than real estate, but made the decision to actually come on uh, and get involved in the metaverse in the early, early stages. So with that, let's bring him on. Banal, how are you? Thanks for having me over. Uh, it's so good to have you here. And, and hopefully you're gonna bring a little clarity or more confusion, that's fine, uh, to, to the new the new hot topic, right? Um, the metaverse. And then, you know, we're going to spend the first half of our conversation talking about the metaverse in general. And then we're going to quickly, after the break, pivot to the implications to real estate and specifically commercial real estate. So why don't you give the audience a little brief background on yourself for some context, uh, and then we get the conversation started. Uh, sure thing. Uh, so I, I grew up in a real estate family. My dad's a real estate developer back in India. Uh, came to the United States for college where I studied economics at Yale uh, and then worked in real estate right equity at Blackstone uh, across a wide range of asset classes, investing. Uh, this was in 2011. Uh, Post-PX, went to business school, which is really where I got more interested in product and tech, like a bunch of my colleagues um, and friends in business school. Uh, built product for an insurance company for a while and then co-founded Agia Ventures in 2019. Uh, which is essentially a seed and series A stage fund investing in the future of work, retail, and hospitality, which is another way of saying that we invest in prop tech. Um, so uh, that's been my journey so far, and the pivot from real estate to tech has been exciting for a host of reasons. But the biggest is, uh, I mean, the future of real estate is going to be shaped by tech. And uh, to be at the forefront of that is very fulfilling and exciting. Yeah, and if you look at, at the paradigm shifts, agrarian age, and then moving to the industrial age, and then pre-information age, which I think we're just coming out of now, uh, really getting ready for the internet age or whatever we're gonna call it. Um, 
the the way we use and operate real estate has significantly changed and I think is going to continue to change. And this whole metaverse concept is just going to be another layer. So let's talk about the beginning of the metaverse as we know it. I have my little bit of research. I see big players, uh, big tech players like uh, Meta, Microsoft just announced their acquisition um, of Activision. I hear uh, Apple's, you know, hiring engineers left and right, Qualcomm, NVIDIA. So those are the tech players. But then we have these things called Decentraland and Sandbox. And in the gaming world, they'll tell you that the metaverse has been around for 15 years in places like Fortnite and Minecraft. So give us your definition of the metaverse and maybe a little understanding of who these players are. Uh, sure thing. Uh, so, you know, one way to think about it is the way we are having this conversation right now and with the audience dialing in, it's, it's somewhat antiquated because we have a screen that's kind of dividing us and the conversation has its boundaries in terms of how personable and conversational it can get. Uh, the metaverse is out there to change that. Uh, and what that means is instead of looking at the internet, the metaverse's key promise is that we are going to be inside the internet. Uh, now, what does that mean? We're going to be inside the internet through our 3D avatars in a way that makes our conversations more fluid and natural. It does not promise to substitute physical real world interactions. I think that's always going to have a place because as human beings, we are social creatures. But what it does promise is it does promise a new look at the internet and how conversations happen on the internet. So yeah. in, in, in its very foundational principles, I think uh, that's what the metaverse is. It's conversational in nature. We've got a, uh, a clip. Mark Zuckerberg did an hour um, uh, video on this. And I would really encourage anybody who's in the real estate industry who's trying to understand this. Uh, I watched the whole hour and you got to watch the whole hour because he goes into the different aspects of business and social and gaming, the the the, uh, the challenges. Um, let's let's play a brief clip, uh, clip from Mark Zuckerberg's um, introduction of the metaverse. And then uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit about these uh, these lands, if you will. So let's start by exploring what different kinds of metaverse experiences could feel like, starting with the most important experience of all, connecting with people. Imagine you put on your glasses or headset and you're instantly in your home space. It has parts of your physical home recreated virtually, it has things that are only possible virtually, and it has an incredibly inspiring view of whatever you find most beautiful. Hey, are you coming? Yeah, just gotta find something to wear. All right, perfect. All right, so that's just a snippet, all right? I mean, and if you if you watch the entire hour, I mean, he gets on his wakeboard and, and he goes from a physical world into a virtual world. Um, but, but what's really interesting is to your comment earlier about, you know, look at the way we're communicating now. I mean, pre-pandemic, not many people were even doing this, okay? Uh, video conferencing, you know, as a mainstream uh, way of doing business. The pandemic forced us in two years to ship this quick. But I agree, the technology is old. But Bill Gates came up and said, and, and he's not has not always got it right. He was you know, pretty not right on the internet, if you remember that clip. But he said he believes 
30% of our office time, our work time, is going to be spent in the metaverse, okay? Can you get, do you have an understanding of what he means by that? Um, it's tough to pinpoint a number, whether it's going to be 30% or 50% or 20%. But what I would say is, you know, in technology, we often look at inflection points. And uh, those inflection points, which when they happen, uh, lead to adoption at a mass scale. Um, I'll give you the example of the smartphone world. Uh, smartphones had been around since the late 1990s, early 2000s. Uh, you had BlackBerry, you had Palm OS and whatnot. And it was really until 2007 when the iPhone came to be. And then the App Store was born because of the iPhone, that smartphone penetration reached that inflection point. And today it's become a ubiquitous part of our lives to the extent that there are problems with people spending too much time on the smartphone. Uh, now, if you draw a parallel analogy with the metaverse, uh, I mean, one could say that 3D, VR, AR headsets have been around for six or seven years. Correct. And we're really at that point in time where you have tons of capital going in, you have some of the brightest talent working at the solution, and one feels that that inflection points from the corner, which could be either through a hardware device which then builds a platform which makes the metaverse ubiquitous or which could be a platform to begin with. And there are applications built on top of that platform which then make the metaverse ubiquitous. So I think that's at the heart of this conversation. Yeah, you know, and, and if, you're, if you're in the real estate business and you wanna be very scientific on when to jump in, uh, that may not be a bad approach. Uh, and I would, I would argue that the, the mobile phone actually started in the 85 timeframe because I had that big box that sat in my trunk of my car, right? Uh, the brick, I think we called it. Uh, so if you go 85 to 2007, that's 22 years, okay? Now the internet from its inception, you know, early, you know, actually that, that goes way back as well. If you go all the way back to the DARPA stuff, um, the planning, but if you could figure out what that time frame was in the various stages of adoption, because a lot of money will be spent and lost in the early stages, correct? Right. Yeah, and so what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break is, is when and how, well, first of all, what are the applications that the real estate community can be looking for, the commercial real estate community, and then when is the appropriate time? But before we go to the break, I got, no, let's bring Canal back real quick. Um, before we go to the break, I have one more question for him. Uh, Canal, the, uh, the chief metaverse officer, I've never heard that one until we started chatting. What is a, a and I can't say CMO because that's chief marketing officer, but what is a chief metaverse officer? Uh, let's call them the chief meta officer. Um, um, uh, I would say that that's, uh, that kind of ties in well into our next uh, the next segment of our conversation, which is we're seeing a lot of applications of the metaverse, especially in the field of luxury retail. Um, and I think uh, that's the first industry that's going to start hiring candidates that essentially define and then execute the metaverse strategy for a lot of these brands. Right, right. Yeah, and, and, and I would also encourage, encourage the audience um, to take a few minutes. Uh, our team did, and we went up to the central land and we logged in and downloaded and did everything we could and got my avatar, did not look anything like me, um, and, and started running around and fell down the fountain and knocked on some doors. Uh, got a little frustrated that my mouse wasn't behaving the way it, it, it normally would, but um, I remember the early days of, uh, of all technology, and it's clunky at first, but we can definitely see some potential. So let's take a short break. We'll come back, and then uh, we're going to have a conversation more specific as it relates to the metaverse and the commercial and corporate real estate industry. 
All right. So um, before I bring Canal back, I want to uh, show you a brief uh, video uh, from a recent uh, business news uh, show. And, and the, the, the topic of metaverse is out everywhere, so you don't have to look very far. But I just want to play uh, 60 or so seconds of this to give you an idea of some of the conversations taking place in the financial world as it relates to metaverse, not just the technology, but the business opportunities. Let's take a look. A lot of investors, many of you out there maybe, are spending millions of real dollars on real estate in the virtual world, the metaverse. Prices in some areas up more than 400%. So why exactly are investors rushing in and buying up all this virtual land? Let's bring in Janine Yorio. She is Republic Realm CEO. And their firm just putting out the 2021 Metaverse Real Estate Report, which I read with much interest, Janine, because I'm one of these ding-dongs that's trying to understand exactly how it works. Here's my question, though. I understand the value of what's being bought in the sandbox and Decentraland and whatever, but what's to stop thousands of other metaverses from being created and diluting the value of all this property? Well, first of all, I want to preface this by saying I love ding-dongs, so thank you for spending time reading our report. If... If you think about it that way, you will talk yourself out of it. But I think you have to think about it this way. It's enorm an enormous opportunity, and the metaverses that are launching early are most likely to find enormous user bases. So one important statistic to understand is there's only about 25,000 people that even own metaverse real estate today. So while there may be many more metaverses that crop up in the future, some of these early ones are gonna have an enormous head start as we kick off the metaverse ecosystem. We're tracking over 300 metaverses, but only a handful have actually launched and only about 24 or so even have land that can be purchased. So today, all the people that are looking to invest in metaverse real estate don't really have that many choices. And that's why we think it's such an interesting time to invest invest in this category. And, and, and again, please, and I am that ding dong, so please correct me if I'm wrong. It's kind of like Bitcoin in a sense that in some of these metaverses, the sandbox, for example, I understand there are fixed numbers of parcels that will ever be created, correct? 464,000 or something or 646,000, whatever the number was, I may have flipped it around. But that's the value of that scarcity is what ultimately I think gives it that value. It's very much a Bitcoin-like argument. It's kind of like Bitcoin. It's also kind of like buying a billboard in a video game. So think of the video game you know best. And if that video game were to sell a specific billboard, or if you play FIFA World Cup and you could buy the stadium signage and advertise Coca-Cola, you can start to understand why you'd want to buy specific pixels inside a specific metaverse experience. It's also kind of like venture capital investing where we're investing so early that you actually have to assess the caliber of the team that's building this and decide whether they've done it before and you think they're actually going to be able to execute on, an, on a vision that's going to attract thousands, if not millions of users and keep them coming back time after time. So All right, so that was a, a little summary from a business, business perspective, a little deeper into some of the different worlds. So Kanal, let's come on back and let's, um, Let's have this conversation as it relates to the real estate applications. I mean, we could have played that clip uh, for its an entirety. And, and again, I would encourage anybody who's interested in this, it's a simple Google search, metaverse and real estate. But um, she brought up a good point about the first ones in. I mean, how many social media networks are there? You know, there's a couple that people adhere to, Facebook, Instagram, you know, we've had uh, uh, Snapchat for the, you know, a lot of the younger kids. 
but I don't think a hundred survive. So in the end, there's going to be two or three, maybe four, I don't know. But at, at that point, the number of people in those uh, metaverses are going to dictate their value, right? So, so and, and if you have a central part of your metaverse owning real estate there, will have a higher value. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, uh, that broadly sounds right. That's right. So, so we heard uh, one of our, our real great real estate companies, part of the real comp community, Jamestown actually was one of the first to jump in and, and start to dig in and figure out what a metaverse was. And on this past New Year's Eve, actually had a, a New Year's Eve celebration, uh, a virtual one in the central land. Um, and, and we still haven't heard how it went. We're going to dig into it a little bit deeper, but what did the, what, what was that all about? I mean, what happens when you do an event in the central land? Sure. Um, so to take a step back, I, I think, you know, um, there's, there's a lot of buzz around today, virtual land sales. And when we talk about that, I think we're really missing the point in terms of what the true utility of the metaverse is, uh, which is, uh, described in one phrase, uh, I believe it's it can potentially act as a bridge between the digital world and the real world. Now, what do we mean by that? Uh, I think, you know, we can look at it across different asset classes. So we can look at it across office, uh, hospitality and retail. Uh, let's start with retail. Uh, in the retail world, we've seen, I think the fastest adoption of the metaverse in some sense, where you've had luxury retail brands uh, set up all these stores in the metaverse. And if you buy certain NFTs in the metaverse, which are essentially uh, proof of ownership of say a limited edition bag that's, that's only available digitally, uh, you can use that proof of ownership to then get discounts and special edition bags in the real world. So again, you see the bridge that they're creating in the digital world with the real world. Right. The two benefits that come out of it, one, uh, it's an additional source of revenue for the retail brand. And second, you're redefining, rethinking how loyalty works, how customer loyalty works. Uh, I think you can apply the same principles across office and hospitality to again think through, you know, what some of the use cases might be in those cases. Right. And 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 I want to also um, make a note for the audience. We all have visions of you know the 3D goggles that you're sitting on your couch, you know, eating you know Doritos and playing in the virtual land or you know metaverse all day long that's not really the only goal. I've seen some of the new glasses that have come out. We actually had the uh, the Google glasses on the Realcom stage probably six years ago. That's how long we've been kind of following this. They're sleek, they're building cameras in, the technology, the physics is getting incredible. So a pair of glasses, just like the one you're wearing, could ultimately be a metaverse set of glasses. Now, maybe you don't get the full immersive effect, but you know, for augmented reality experiences, that's what they're planning. They're not planning that we're all walking around in, in, in goggles. Now, um, another example I heard was Sotheby's. One Sotheby's actually is selling a, uh, a virtual representation in the metaverse of a condo or a home in Miami Beach, which means when you buy the physical home, you get your, your virtual um, uh, counterpart, if you will. What does that mean? I mean, why would I want a virtual counterpart to have a virtual party um, that, that goes along with my real party? How does that work? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the idea is that as more and more people start operating and spending more time in the metaverse, you want to have digital assets, just like you have physical assets in the real world. And those digital assets act as a congregation point for people in the digital world, just as your home in Miami Beach would act as a point of congregation for people in the real world. Yeah, and, and, and I've been following interactive TV 
for probably 25 years. And it was supposed to be brought to us over the cable stations. And I give you a really simple example. You're watching your favorite television show. And I actually saw this demonstrated probably 20 years ago. And if I connect that dot to this metaverse conversation, I think it makes some sense. Where you're watching your favorite TV show and all of a sudden you like what your favorite character is wearing. And there's a button on your remote that says, highlight everything on this screen, in this scene of this movie or this television show that's for sale. And, and you click on it and the lamp's for sale, the couch is for sale, the shirt's for sale. And you just take your little laser and you point it at it and you click on here, a little window pops up and says, you know, buy the shirt for you know $65 from amazon.com. Click button, done. That to me was a really good practical example of how you could integrate physical you know, and, and the experiences. And I think if you took YouTube and and, and uh, Instagram and TikTok and all these videos are coming out and as well as movies, and then you overlay the interactivity of the internet and you present it in this 3D world, I think there's some real opportunities. Um, you know? Yeah, and what I'd add there is, you know, today uh, your avatar in Decentraland may not look like you, but as technology improves and as, the real world avatar the real world individuals represent the digital avatars more and more across different spectrum um, i think there'll be more value for those collectibles in the digital world because you would want your avatars to also wear similar clothes that you do or to dress in a certain way or shape or fashion so i want to take our last minute or two and focus on this question what advice insight guidance pearls of wisdom would you offer the real estate world who frankly is struggling right now, figuring, trying to figure out who's coming back to the office, who's coming back to the mall, when, how many, and you know, they're worried about leases being renewed and what is the future of physical space? What advice do you give to those people about keeping an eye on the metaverse? Yeah, uh, I mean, two pieces of advice. One, um, as an industry, we've been notorious to being uh, late adopters of technology. And I think you know this. This is our chance to actually uh, embrace tech while it's still starting. Um, so to keep a tab on, in general, what's happening in the metaverse. Uh, specifically, um, I would say uh, for retail and office owners, uh, the way we viewed ourselves is physical providers of space. And I think uh, with the metaverse, there's going to be probably a change in terms of landlords not just providing space but also providing services in the digital world. So kind of start thinking in terms of that mindset, what those services could be and how those services could act as a bridge between the digital world and the real world is a good starting point. As I mean, uh, this conversation is evolving on a weekly basis, uh, which again brings to you know light uh, how important it is for us to be on top of some of the conversations that are going here. Yeah. Well, and I'll go back to our mid-roll commercial with Prologis. I remember being at a Prologis facility in Tokyo in 2004, okay, where they were announcing some new, really crazy, uh, good ideas about the future of an industrial warehouse. Okay, so, it, and that's when they jumped into being innovative, at least in my memory. Think about all these years later, because they jumped into something they didn't understand, but they committed to staying with it. Now we look at Prologis, probably one of, if not the most innovative commercial real estate company on the planet. Okay, in an area industrial where you really wouldn't think there was a lot of room for innovation compared to office and retail. Um, so I guess we'll end the conversation. We agree that that you have to keep an eye on this. Realcom is certainly gonna keep an eye on this. We're gonna have many more conversations on Realcom Live. 
webinars at our conferences, but we're gonna be pragmatic. We're gonna ask hard questions. We're not gonna jump on the hype train, um, but we're gonna look for those nuggets of wisdom that will help the real estate industry figure that out. And I hope you stay with us on your journey uh, and keep us surprised and, and come back on the show. Awesome, it was a pleasure being here. Awesome, well, we will be back in touch. And again, um, looking forward to uh, watching to see how these two worlds collide. Thank you. All right, with that, um, let's bring on um, Mr. Howard Berger. Uh, he's gonna give us a little bit of the news and uh, share with us what the heck is going on in real estate technology. <laughs> I'm, tr I'm trying, and I, I actually, I can see glimpses of it. I really can, glimpses. Uh, but um, it's gonna be a challenge, I think, for the real estate industry to deal with their existing issues and problems and opportunities in the physical world and then figure this out on top. It's gonna take a real delicate balance, I think. Yeah, I agree. And, but I think it was a good start having Kanal on today. I think we clarified a lot uh, you know, about the nature of the metaverse and, and maybe expose some potential value. Um, and I think we just have to continue doing that and just keeping an eye on and uh, keeping an eye on it. It's going to, you know, this is going to be a long-term development. So well, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to restate it because it's been our position from the beginning. We are incredible advocates of technology. My whole career has been spent on this, specifically as it relates to real estate. But the key is not to get so bought into the hype that you lose sight of reality, right? Yes, there's opportunities. Yes, the internet changed the world. We knew it would, but you have to be careful, pragmatic, and a little bit more scientific. Yes, you have to take some wild swings for the fence, but we don't want to see anybody take such big swings that they fail and then give it, give up on it because the metaverse is real and it's going to impact our industry, but we got to be pragmatic as to how we deal with it, I think. I know. I, I totally agree. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Get out of your, thank let you. Let me get out of your way. And do the new. Oh, one. thanks, Jim. And uh, and Canal, thank you for joining us. This is a great conversation on what I think is a mind blowing topic. Uh, so for the news, every week we highlight a couple of articles from our weekly news briefing. Uh, we release it every Thursday morning. And lead article this week. It's actually a link to a video of an interview by Jim with the executive leadership of the RECC. That's the Real Estate Cyber Consortium which actually took place in the Realcom Live studio at our conference in November. And Jim led a panel with Charles Myers, who's the executive director of RECC, along with our executive leadership team, Thano Lambrinos from Quadriel, Sean Neal in Brookfield, and Jim Whalen from Boston Properties. And they discussed the consortium, how it's become a critical resource for the industry. So I would just encourage you, if you're not familiar with the RECC, take a couple of minutes, watch the video, learn how you can become part of this important organization. Uh, also, I want to shout out to this week's tech partner, Tim Curran, CEO of Building Engines, who gave us a look ahead at their proposed direction with building operations and maintenance. You may remember Building Engines was recently acquired by JLL, and they just recently surveyed over 500 property professionals on their expectations for 2022. And nearly half are planning to increase their tech spend this year. What are they going to be targeting? Mainly building operations and tenant experience. Those top the list. Uh, and not a surprise that 63% of the respondents are planning to address health, wellness, air quality. Thank you, Building Engines, for a great report. Um, so the industry consolidation and M&A activity is getting more fascinating by the day. And I, in, in my opinion, the big, big news this week uh, was the acquisition of Angus Systems by MRI. And, and I think this is one of well-kept secret. Totally did not see this one coming. Uh, this is MRI's, actually, their second recent facility management prop tech acquisition. 
uh, post the acquisition of FSI out of the UK in 2021. Uh, with Angus's innovative focus on access control, tenant experience, they do work order management, credentialing, touchless management, amenity services, and building communications. They now have 700, more than 700 customers, uh, 2.7 billion square feet under management. And this is going to give MRI a strong foothold in the U.S. for commercial, resi, multifamily, retail, and manufacturing. Uh, next, so Qualcomm's in the news again. Uh, we mainly think of Qualcomm as making shifts for the wireless technology space. You know, smartphones, 5G, Wi-Fi, uh, et cetera. But at the upcoming National Retail Federation show, the NRF, uh, they're going to be showing some new IoT capabilities squarely focused on assisting retailers with digitally transforming their business processes. It's good to hear. Uh, they, they're out to kick the retail experience up a notch. Uh, this is a brand, this is a relatively new market opportunity for Qualcomm. Now they already have 13,000 customers out there and they have strategically partnered with the big folks like, uh, like Walmart. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, actually, that's it for me today. Check out our weekly briefing and I will see you all next week. All right. So, uh, you know, I, I, Walmart's come up in the news a lot in the last couple of weeks. Metaverse, uh, digital real estate experience with Qualcomm. Um, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And I, I think I agree with Quinal. I think the real estate industry is going to get hit first by these emerging technologies in the retail space because they are absolutely looking to redefine themselves. But office is not much further behind. And because of the pandemic and what it forces us to do, office might actually get ahead of retail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would personally, I think retail is a natural. Uh, but then, but explain to me, uh, why did somebody pay four hundred thousand dollars for a lot next to Snoop Dogg's uh, Decentraland house? But 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 again, smart, much smarter guys than I. Bill Gates also said this internet thing was a passing fancy, a passing fad. So we got to be careful. You know, I always keep no, I keep an open mind. Open uh, mind, seriously, we have open to. mind. But but because of our age and how long we've been at this, please allow us to ask the difficult questions because Absolutely. I've seen I've seen a million mistakes over my career. I've heard the stories over and over. And whenever I hear somebody say this is the new normal. I usually run for the exit door because normal has a way of finding its way back into our world, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and things don't change. As, that's the biggest thing. Things don't change as fast as everybody expects them to. No. Nope. Nope. This and, and this one's going to have some runway to it, but um, there's 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 some there's some fire under it, and yep. it's um, you know there obviously billions, billions of dollars yeah. of fire. So Howard, yeah. uh, great job as Thank always. You. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you next week. All right, before we wrap the show, let's hear from our final sponsor, and I'm going to come back and tell you what's in store for next week. All right, thank you to all of our sponsors. So um, typically every year in the January timeframe, uh, our team, uh, ranging from 10 people to one, uh, sends on the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. We've been doing this for 20 years. And people say, well, why would you go to a Consumer Electronics Show where you focus on real estate technology? And I would argue because for 25, 30 years, all the big ideas start in general tech and then make their way into our world. So we always like to get a jump on where what's coming down the road for the general population uh, so we can then sit there and dissect what does it mean to the real estate sector. So uh, this year, um, because we only spent abbreviated time at CES ourselves, we decided to go out and get uh, somebody who really dove into it. Uh, Mark Cena, the CEO and principal analyst uh, with Smart Tech Research, 
uh, knows CES inside and out, uh, dove into it, found the best products, the trends, the themes. So we're going to have him on next week, and we're going to talk about the big ideas that he saw at CES, and then we're going to slowly peel back the onion and figure out how does that impact the built environment. So join us next week as we unpack CES as it relates to real estate technology. It's going to be an exciting show, and we're looking forward to seeing all of you again next week. And with that, have a great weekend and be well.